Hey, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Crime Analyst and the Intelligence Cell. In this episode, I wanted to do something slightly different. I wanted to share with you a special tribute to Joe Simpson. You've always heard me say it's important to centre victims in their own narratives, and I've spent my career doing this. And although some people do get this now, there are still so many, unfortunately, who don't understand why this is important. You see, often victims are defined by the very worst act that was done to them. A violent act. And that's all we know about them. And from there on out, they're just referred to as the victim, which is incredibly dehumanising and very upsetting and distressing for family members and friends. What's reported about them might just be a few lines, perhaps that they were the wife of someone, or their job description or profession might be given. And often, if it's a female victim... There's victim blame or slurs which are outrageous and unjustified. And that can happen even at the trial, which you heard happened in Joe's case. Those character slurs went unchallenged and were not corrected. And for the families and friends, that's incredibly important to happen. I want to correct the narrative here about Joe with Diana and Hetty sharing who Joe really was. Memories about her childhood, how she lived and loved and how loved she was, and how dearly missed she is, by Di, Hetty, her brother James, her children, Katie and Alex, and so many more. And Diana also wanted me to share with you that she's had such tremendous support from her son James, who's just been incredible to her and to the children. So here's Diana and Hetty, and friends of Joe to share and reflect on special memories about Joe in their own words. Joe was born on the 6th of May, 1964. As most mothers would say, she was the most perfect baby, rarely crying, usually smiling, and ate everything put in front of her. She showed her independence and strength of character at an early age, staying in a children's holiday hotel. Joe would be happily playing in a sandpit, and then with a blink of an eye, She'd set off for a walk down the hotel drive with us rushing after her because she wanted to find more interesting things to see and do. Unfortunately, whilst on a holiday in Ireland, Jo literally fell off a tree stump and broke her right arm. On going to the nearest hospital, the doctor told us that they could not treat her there and she may lose her arm as the broken bone was pressing on the main artery. We drove 50 miles to the main Galway hospital, Joe having received an injection of pethidine, singing nursery rhymes all the way there. I really don't remember her crying. When we arrived, her lower arm was quite blue, but the brilliant surgeon managed to repair the break and he told me he didn't have x-ray to help him whilst operating. We have to give him many thanks. When we got back to our home, We were told to take her straight away to York Hospital as she'd have restricted movement in that arm, but they were not able to change the way it had been set. Jo never let this restriction deter her from doing most things except tennis and any racket or ball game. She suffered pain, never complained. She was always bright and sunny, no matter what life threw at her. She and her younger brother James loved animals and enjoyed the company of the dogs and cats we had. We had a pony and they both enjoyed riding him. She loved school and flourished in her schoolwork. When she was 10 and her brother was nine, we moved to the Isle of Man, 
where Jo thoroughly enjoyed her new school and in the sixth form became a prefect and head of her house. Jo had a burst of energy, creativity and love. She always put others before herself. She then went to Bath University to study business management. University life to Jo was great and after her first year accommodation in the university, she lived with two other girls in a beautiful cottage in Norton St Philip. I'm delighted to say that I'm still in contact with them after all these years. After leaving university with a 2-1, she then went to work as a European marketing manager for an American computer company, which she loved. In her career, she worked for other computer companies until she had her children in her second marriage. She met her first husband through a mutual friend, and I really liked him enormously. Jo was fortunate that her father put money into her house, which when bought had a tree growing out of it, but was set in two acres of very wet grounds, which were drained and three ponds were created. They both set about doing much work. Jo was an extremely gardener, and her great passion was to make this home a haven of peace and beauty. Her father was a mainstay in helping her to do this. But to my great dismay, the marriage broke down due to external pressures and they both went their own ways amicably. She was always loving, kind-hearted and helpful and a very compassionate person. When staying with me, she'd turn her hand to anything that needed doing. My mother was bedbound in her own home for five years. She was aged 96 when she died which created rather a lot of work and care for her comfort. Jo would never hesitate in all the tasks involved with a bed-bound person. She was always bright and my mother adored her. She had many hobbies, sewing, upholstery, cooking and baking spectacular birthday cakes for children's parties. Her cake decorating skills were second to none. She always put others before herself. In fact, everyone loved Jo except her husband. She was bursting with energy, Jo. Nothing was too much trouble for her. She was absolutely loved by everybody. I loved her to bits and I miss so much all the things that mothers and daughters do. We used to chat several times a day. How I envy my friends who talk about their daughters and what they've been doing. Um, so I miss her terribly. <laughs> My eulogy started out by saying, hello, it's me. Um, and that's how she would answer the phone. If she phoned you, that's exactly what she would say. She'd say, hello, it's me. And my spirits were always lifted when I heard that. And just before we had the memorial service for Joe, I was thinking, oh, God, I, I was feeling awful and I didn't know what to write. And then I said, come on, Joe, give me a sign. And there I was sitting in a pub toilet and I looked up and written on the door was a proverb, learn from yesterday, live for today and hope for tomorrow. And so I structured my eulogy around that. And so learn from yesterday. We all learned from Jo. She was a natural leader in every part of her life. My list is endless on the practical side. I learned to light a fire, plant a rose, plan a dinner party and cook and then many others. But those are the ones that kind of spring to mind. So she was a great cook. In fact, she was an amazing cook. Her culinary skills were exceptional, but really natural. And it really wasn't a surprise that she won the breakfast award for her B&B. &B. 
she was always giving me recipes and ideas and would say, you can do it, it's fall off a log easy, is how she would describe a recipe. When I'm like, I don't do great cooking, Joe, are you sure? She said, yeah, it's fall off a log easy. And in fact, at her memorial, we handed out two of her recipes to everybody. One was the gunge, her gunge, which was her signature dish for her B&B, and also her fish pie. But it wasn't just her cooking. No corner would be missed when planning a party. She was brilliant at planning parties, be it a dinner party, children's birthday party, celebration. When she planned my 40th birthday, I think she took my husband kicking and screaming into the world of perfection. He remarked, she's blimey, he remarked. She's just like Martha Stewart. Martha, a.k.a. Joe, came to dinner at my house a few weeks before she was murdered. And as well as being the perfect dinner guest, she also came along with the starter, cutlery, extra dinner plates, half the ingredients for the canapes. That was just Joe to a tea. And, you know, it's November now as we speak, as I speak. And I promise you, if there is anything that you can do in heaven that's around Christmas, she will already be feeding her Christmas cake. But she didn't always get it right. She and I never laughed more than the time that we took the children camping, armed with two tents that neither of us had a clue how to put up. We went to a campsite in Henley, which was not too far from home, just in case it all went wrong. And surrounded by perfectly erected tents, Joe said, come on, let's get started. And instead of putting up the tents, she put up two chairs and opened the champagne. Um, hours later and after many instances of hysterical laughter, including the moment when we heard the next door tent starting the Kumbaya chanting, we had our tents up and started cooking. I'm kind of laughing even just thinking about that time. Um, only the portable barbecue, which we had to smuggle in because it said no barbecues, fizzled out long before the sausages were edible. Never mind, the pub was around the corner, all carefully planned as a contingency. But our biggest lesson from Jo has to be her selfless attitude and approach to life, which takes me to live for today. She had an, she had an unparalleled ability to live for today. Her energy, her drive, a positive approach to life really is an inspiration to everybody and continues to be so. We, me and my family, moved to Bath, away from Ascot, about two months before she was murdered, and Jo was there to help. She was that kind of person who turned up, she left us alone for two days, and then she turned up on day three and just rolled her sleeves up and helped to make things happen, as well as her love for the garlic mayo cheeseburger from Schwarzburger in Bath. Anyone who's been to Bath will know what I mean. Um, she also spoke about many lock-ins at the George in North St. Philip where she lived. She told us about the time she played poker until the early hours and managed to win the landlord's piano. She then wheeled it through the village to her house at 2am. Quite why they couldn't wait until the morning beyond me, but once she got an idea in her head, she had to do it then. Her energy was endless. She could one minute be seen in jeans and wellies digging new plants in her garden and the next looking dressed up and glamorous. She could flip between the two so naturally and so quickly. She put her soul, heart and soul into everything she did. The Bay City Rollers, which she loved, rally driving, the B&B, school life, toddler and child groups, furniture restoration, horse riding, which we both did together, work, her garden, her home, her friends and family, but most of all her children who were quite simply her world. She had a wicked sense of humour and was really naturally beautiful. She could also be an outrageous flirt, um, well practised through her Miss Piggy impressions at school. She had a sideways glance that she could use and a really winning smile. She was also late for everything and her ability to juggle her busy life with half of it spent with a phone at her ear defies logic. 
but she was selfless beyond belief and she had the ability to walk into a room and make every single person feel special. She used to go to huge lengths to arrange the seating plan at her dinner parties, first and foremost to ensure everyone had a good time, but always with a cheeky plot with one or two guests to see what happened. For all these reasons, she was my best friend. She was best friend not just to me, but to so many people. But her best friend of all, without doubt, was her mother, Di, who knew all of Joe's secrets. Um, and I think she did know all of them, actually. And James, her brother, who Joe nurtured, worried about, cared for, and simply adored. And then finally, Hope. She kept herself going through Hope first and foremost. Hope for the potential in life of Alex and Katie, hoping for the happiness and achievements of those she loved, and perhaps a little hope for 6pm to arrive and there'd be someone in the house for her to share a glass of wine with. She was genuinely an extraordinary woman whose hope for life and those around her will not only live on through us all, but she will always be guiding us through. And as far as the future was concerned, we often talked about making Tongue Cottage, which was her home, into an old people's home when she no longer had the energy to run the B&B, but it would only be available to friends and we could all grow old and be a bit, little bit batty together. We thought it'd be such a giggle. And finally, I read a poem from Ralph Emerson, which is to laugh, to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child or a garden patch, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. Um, and that really captures Joe for me. This is from Belinda. She puts, when I think of Joe, I picture her on the phone whilst ironing, emailing, texting, or even having a bath. We'd speak several times a day, putting the world to rights, discussing our next outing, friends we'd seen, children's progress, and what we'd planned to do in the gardening. Gardening was our joint passion. And at one stage, we had a small business putting together pots and hanging baskets for pubs, doctor's surgeries and private clients. We visited gardens, garden centres, badminton horse trials and flower shows such as Chelsea and Hampton Court. We called these our little old lady trips. We had these visits down to a fine art. We had no time to waste and lots of new plants to discover. So armed with our wellies, raincoats, a packet of sandwiches and collapsible wheelbarrows, off we went. On one particularly wet day at Hampton Court, dishevelled and ankle high in mud, not looking her best, Joe was spotted by a talent scout for a Dove body lotion advert. She didn't end up doing that, but starred in Activia yogurt ad instead and able to keep her clothes on. Joe was very keen on getting plants for free and learned how to propagate them. Whilst I walk in my own garden, I can see many of the plants from hers and perhaps just a few recycled from the places we visited. She loved to grow things from seed, which we collected on our various trips. From one garden raid, we grew an honesty plant, which we called our dishonesty plant. <laughs> but it wasn't just plants she nurtured. Jo had a way with people too. She was very sensitive to the needs and feelings of others, giving up her precious time in her busy and hectic life to help out. Nothing was too much trouble. She always had a handy cleaning rescue remedy for my laundry disasters, of which there were many, 
a simple recipe for a dinner party, their offer of spare cutlery, even the loan of an outfit on the understanding I wouldn't wash it myself. And if I had sewing to do for school, she'd get out the machine and help. Her children, Alex and Katie, always came first. She loved and adored them and was extremely proud of their achievements. She'd make the best birthday cakes, one from Waitrose just wouldn't do. She took a cake decorating course and for one of my birthdays, she baked an ice cakes in the shape of plant pots containing African violets. We both loved the auction rooms in Wokingham, where we'd quite often get carried away and come home with boxes of junk. And even here she made an impression. Once we arrived late whilst the auctioneer was in full flow. He laid down his gavel, stopped the bidding, looked at Joe and said, how lovely you made it, ladies. I've saved you a seat at the front. Riding was another shared interest. If Hetty found a place in Windsor Park where three of us could go riding. Joe used to love to ride out with me and I was on a very large and boisterous horse called Barclay. On a narrow bridleway, I suggested we trot. A moment later, she flew past in a full-on, out-of-control gallop, disappearing over the horizon. I managed to keep my horse under control because I knew up ahead there was a five-bar gate, a gap in the fence and a busy main road. What seemed like an age to catch up, terrified of what I might find there, she was still mounted with a big grin. I think it was quite soon after this that she took up an upholstery course and was able to refuse any further offers of a ride with me. She amazed everyone with the speed she set up her bed and breakfast venture. It was up and running within a month of its conception. Wardrobes from eBay, rooms decorated, a refurbished shower, a fantastic website. Within a couple of months, she was awarded a four-star silver gilt and more recently, a gold award from the tourist board. Her guests loved her and often returned with extra family members and friends so they too could enjoy her hospitality. It wasn't unusual to find them sitting in the kitchen enjoying her company, some even helping her with the jam making. Jo made people feel welcome and special. She always had a kind word and a beautiful smile and we had the best laughs together. I will always miss her but feel really blessed to have had such a wonderful, dear and special friend. This episode and series is dedicated to restoring the memory of much-loved and missed Joanna Simpson. Here's my final two cents before the episode wraps. If you like what I do, please take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to Crime Analyst or on the website www.crime-analyst.com. It really helps others find me and also helps with the ratings. Crime Analyst is written, produced and hosted by me, Laura Richards. Sound engineering by Jason Sheasley at Abridged Audio. Cover art and graphics by Chris Raybottom at Syndicate and music by Kilrood. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.